Hey there, Doc. Hello. I hope your 2020 is going reasonably well, all things considered. My name is Bob Sham, and I host this podcast called The Documenteers every week with a friend, and we discuss our favorite kind of movies, documentaries. Listeners respond well to a kill episodes, and he is here with me as we two dad-age dudes sat down to analyze the life and culture of handsome teenage boys with all the same haircuts who dream of great success by merely taking selfies and live chatting with your preteen daughter. She might meet up with that future boy star in a mall and buy him an orange Julius. Akil and I actually managed to objectively discuss the film Jawline by Liza Mandeloup, despite being so culturally removed from this kind of thing. We actually wax on about the current state and future of communication technology and where it's going. So, it's there's some depth here. Yeah. Next week on the show, a champion returns. One year ago, my six-year-old little cousin and I sat down to discuss one of the most successful documentaries of all time, March of the Penguins. It worked out pretty well. I recommend checking that out if you haven't yet. Next week, Lexi returns as a seven-year-old, and we discuss one of the most critically acclaimed films of 2019, The Biggest Little Farm by John Chester. I haven't edited that episode yet as of this recording, and I cannot even imagine how that one will turn out. It was really easy focusing on Penguin stuff in our last episode. This time around, Lexi's really feeling her podcast celebrity. In recording that session, kind of felt like herding bumblebees on a life raft in the middle of an ocean storm. I'm sure it will turn out to be something memorable, and the episode will even feature a special guest. Lexi, me, and Biggest Little Farm. All that next week, right here on the documenteers one brief music clip we play it's a snippet of down rodeo by rage against the machine there was just something in the film jawline that reminded me of the quintessential lyric in that song one of the few rage verses i retained from my adolescence also there is some background noise going on in parts of this episode the noise gate was on we were actually hearing is rain it was storming particularly heavy when akil and i recorded this i was surprised the lights didn't flicker I just didn't realize how much sound bled through until I edited. One more correction. I assume that Austin's management company that I worked with was connected with the company Michael ran in this film, but I don't think that was the case. That seems kind of like a whatever correction, but there it is. Five stars in a review on Apple Podcasts will help this show out quite a bit. It will help us get out there and find people who like movie podcasts and casual comedic conversation. Doing that is a tremendous benefit to us, and it takes up very little time and costs you nothing. We are still taking requests for listener requests month in March up to February. Four full doc slots, a 30 for 30 request, and four shorty requests are needed. I will draw from a hat. If you sent me a request some time ago, email it to me again or DM Documenteers on Instagram so it will save me from maybe having to dig through year plus old messages. Maybe you changed your mind and you want to make a new request. I've been calling out these requests since November so that folks will have plenty of time to hear the call out. I know we're all catching up on our favorite podcast since the holidays. I am no exception. I was very, very busy last month. But now we're here, trucking into a new decade, and I appreciate your company. I might I might need your shoulder to cry on this year. Dogmateerspodcast.com for more information and an avenue to send your listener requests. And most importantly, and this is very important, keep on docking. Here is a motion picture film, a thousand feet. 16,000 separate photographs. Let's tidy up this tangle of film by putting it on a reel. Hey, what's up? Say something. Don't just throw up signs. Say something to me. All right.
Yep, it's lagging. My internet's so terrible. Yeah, I know I need better Wi-Fi, guys. Sorry. Guys, I'm actually going to get off here now, so thank y'all so much for watching. Of course, guys, don't let anybody's opinions stop you from chasing your dreams, okay? If you have a dream, you got to protect it and chase it, guys. I love y'all so much. My social media is in the bio. Thank y'all so much for watching. Like, it means a lot. Thank y'all. That was it. Let me tell you, for the rest of my life, if I could never look at another teenage boy's nipples ever again. Who you telling, man? <laughs> there were a few seconds where I was like, am, am I watching child pornography? <laughs> like, what is happening right was, now? Yeah, I was watching this with Angela and Brian, and they thought the same thing. It was like, there were just moments in this that are yeah. very uncomfortable. <laughs> it is bizarre. Um, so bizarre. I don't think, I think this movie might be for us, though. And what brings you to that conclusion? This isn't for kids. They already know this shit. Oh, that's true. Fair this, point. This is for people. It's our, it's our window into this world. It's something that's unfamiliar. It's something that's being explained to us. Yeah. Which is very much a... I mean, I understand the idea of like wanting people to like you on the internet, obviously. That doesn't escape my understanding. And, you know, I think I look at my phone too much, but I got nothing on the people in this movie. Like, no, no. It seems like that's all they do. There are many scenes where people, like the kids, were just on their phones, like sort of half-heartedly having conversations with the person that was speaking with them in the room, but just on their phones the entire time. This is really frustrating. What is the equivalent? You know, as I was watching this film, we're talking about the film Jawline by Liza or Lisa Mandeloup. Can you explain? Do you have any insight into that title at all? None of these kids struck me as having particularly strong jawlines. I don't so. think anyone even said the word. Yeah. I don't know, I guess. Is that some internet thing that we're just too old to Maybe it's not understand. the strength of the jawline. It doesn't have to be a strong jawline, but it has to be a very specific jawline. Maybe a soft, boyish jawline. Yeah. I don't know. The subjects in this movie talk about how people think they're gay. Yeah. And when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, this is about a gay boy in East Tennessee. <laughs> Who's trying to make it big on the internet? And I didn't know that he was actually from Tennessee when I yeah. When, yeah when I saw the trailer when I started watching it and that first opening scene where he's trying to get this perfect photo taken with this wall behind him as a backdrop by his friend, and I remember sitting there thinking, "Man, this looks like I could just go outside and just walk a few blocks and yeah. be on Dickerson Road, and that's what this would be." Yeah. And yeah. then it says Kingsport, Tennessee. I was like, "Oh, I, this actually I wasn't too far off from that." I believe isn't Kingsport in East Tennessee? I think so. Yeah. You know, as I was watching this movie, I was trying to objectively. I mean, obviously, I'm like teasing these kids and I'm judging them in small ways. I'm not like hating on them. The kids. I wanted this kid to succeed. Yeah. But it's hard to just be like when a teenager's like, "Hey, buck up, man." <laughs> I mean, we're like we're we're in the forties range here. We're we're circling around forty, both of us. I'm under, you're over, yeah. but only slightly. And to hear kids be like, "Look, don't let anyone tell you what you can or can't do," and it's like, "Oh my god, oh, you poor thing." That like cliche pseudo wisdom bullshit that well, he kept spouting over and over again. 
But go for your dreams. Yeah. Don't let anyone <laughs> stop you. Let anybody's opinion stop you from chasing your dreams, okay? If you have a dream, you got to protect it and chase it, guys. Stay positive. If you're hungry, go to the fridge and get something to eat, man, all right? Don't let fear keep you If you need to go to the something. store, ask your mom to drive you or... <laughs> you could have just... It's just... <laughs> These are things people, these, we all know these things. But what was our phone when we were kids? I mean, the internet, oh. nothing is new. We, we act like things are new. The internet just like amplifies what we are right. to, the, to a degree that is troubling and absurd. My phone time. was TV. I mean, yeah, that same. was, you know. And Nintendo. I played Nintendo a lot yeah. growing up. So that was the thing that my grandma probably had to like yell at me to stop doing or get on my case to like get away from yeah. and you see it out in the world i'm not a parent but you see but I, I know plenty of parents obviously and i see them dealing with this some of my friends they have young children and it's like eventually this kid's going to know this technology they're I, I feel like they're rightfully so trying to avoid that technology yeah them. that's smart they're trying to like strike this balance but that balance is going to go haywire you know what's going to happen well the restricting them from the kid make them culturally be a little different than the other kids but technology seems inevitable well everything's usually fine until they They're start teenage, school teenagers once they well even before that once they start interacting because you can you can create and sort of mold their world until they start interacting with other kids on a daily basis and once that happens pandora's box is open and these other kids are going to introduce them kids who whose parents may not necessarily be as diligent as you, as far as restricting screen time, they're going to learn about all that stuff. And then it's going to be like, I'm missing out on all these things that my friends are talking about. I have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. Then you get a surly kid. And so that's when like you start with that struggle of, you know, do you get them a cell phone? What, what age do you open that door? Like I could picture myself waiting to the last possible minute. Oh, hell yeah. I don't feel like, I, I mean, I'm not in the position. I can't say I'd love to hear parents takes on how they transition this technology into their children because this shit wasn't around when we were kids. Yeah. I, I got a computer was in my house at the age of 17. You know, I was just about to leave the house when we finally got a computer. Oh God, we never, there was never a computer in our house when I was a kid. My mom didn't get a computer until I was already gone for college. It probably works out around the same age range because I think I was probably, I was in 98, I was 17. So, and that's about when most of America started. Yeah getting computers so it makes sense and if you think about the internet and all this shit collectively it's about that old it was kind of as far as the it, it's older than that but as far as the greater collective almost like this technological organism of us being on the internet at once it's only like 20 years old yeah there wasn't really i mean the home computer had been around for a long time prior to the internet hitting the ground running but up until that time, no one really, like, your average family didn't really have a reason to have a computer. Yeah. You know, if, it's particularly if they didn't have, you know, if they weren't maybe on the upper end of middle class. There just wasn't any need to have one. But then once the internet became a thing, then it all of a sudden became a situation of now we everyone, everyone wants to have one of these things in their home. It's kind of like cable TV. Like, everyone eventually got cable at a certain mm. point. You'd be hard-pressed to find anyone who didn't have cable at a certain point, like in the nineties going into the two thousands. And also transitioning from, you know, zero like cell phones going to people with money to people also having cell phones. And then 
that upgrade transition into smartphones, seeing everyone's got like a razor and shit, and yeah. then Blackberries, and then then smartphones come out. It seems like everyone has to have one of these now. Do you have a smartphone? I do. When I meet people that have flip phones, like I'm a little jealous of them. Like I feel like I've crossed this threshold to where going back really gets in the way of certain things I'm trying to do. Yeah. But I'm just so jealous of people with flip phones. I know. My mom, she has had a flip phone for, I mean, for one, she pushed back against even having a cell phone way past the time where everyone had a cell phone. And she finally ended up getting one her job paid for because she's, they needed to be able to get in touch with her when she wasn't at the office and she was like out on site. But she only used it for work. It was a flip phone. She eventually got her own flip phone. Mm-hmm. Um, which she could never remember the phone number for, so she taped it to the back of the phone. Shout out to moms it. and grandmas yeah, keeping right? flip phones alive. <laughs> but she just finally sucked it up and got her first smartphone like two months ago. And I went over to the apartment, helped her get it set up. It's like one of those smartphones for older people. She's playing Farmville. No, she's. I mean, but she's been texting, which is super weird because uh-huh. my mom, that's not texting, and my mother are two things that just don't coexists and every once in a while I just get a random text from her and it always ends with like love mama <laughs> yeah, like, they always I, yeah this is the final frontier like mm. they got my mama now at this point so yeah. i feel like everyone now has a smartphone she was the last holdout if only we could teach our parents and grandparents that the internet's not the facebook machine <laughs> or kids for that matter it's not the twitter or instagram machine because the internet's an amazing thing and if you think of it like a collective technological organism and then you remember that collectively it may it's around 20 years old, then the shallowness and the immaturity of it kind of makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I sure wasn't wizened or I thought I was the shit, but I didn't know what the fuck I was doing at 2021. 20, Jawlines. Jawline. Smartphones. Kid loves his phone. Now let me see what my face looks like on the camera. <laughs> okay. We open up with the this young boy. Everybody of a certain, every boy we see of a certain age has the exact same fucking haircut. Yeah, they do. And they all have the same goddamn haircut. <laughs> They're talking about individuality and standing out and how they feel different from their hometown. And they all they just cookie cutters the of what I know. <laughs> same. I thought the exact same thing. Meet a lot of girls who are fans of these boys, and they run the racial gamut. But we see the barber as the only black man in the whole film. Well, actually, that was outside of the scope of the guys that are actually doing the social media thing. Mm-hmm. I only saw one man. Period. It was, <laughs> That's it was, true. It was at one of those events. I don't know what you call those events. They're not concerts. They're not. Not, yeah, you're conventions. right. Like it's, it's there's we'll, really no. We'll get to that in a little bit, but but he's just just a dad with his looks like she's probably eleven, maybe nine year old daughter on his shoulders, just looking absolutely miserable while she's screaming on top. Of him. I mean, that yeah. was the only guy that I saw. You you saw parents, not so or managers. You didn't see yeah. solo adults just like yeah. hey. Did you secretly want to see one adult there? Oh, I know they were there. Like, they were there. I wish I could go and say hi to Caleb. Every phenomenon like this, there's always weird, creepy older dudes. In five to ten years, we're gonna get like horrible stories about how these kids were abused yeah, by various probably. managers and shit. It's just a matter of fucking time. But this kid, what's his name? Austin Tester. Which doesn't even sound like a real name, but that is his actual name. Spell with a Y, which I think is a a reason of all the problems. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. (laughs) He's taking pictures with a friend, but he's taking these pictures and he's going, no, not that one. Nah, bro, nah, nah, no one, no one. Let's do a little pose. 
Have me looking at my shadow. Have me doing this. Have me doing that. The internet makes everyone a lying coward. It just makes everyone a lying coward, doesn't it? It's a filter because especially when we project such forced positivity, and it's not that positivity is not important, but everyone, especially on social media, and I could say, I think my social media presence, I just try to be like stupid or jokey or, or just do show shit, you know? And uh, I think the show has really helped me to kind of be a little objective from the internet. When when people are talking about themselves, they're often just saying what they want to be as opposed to what they really right. are. And every throughout this film, I'm watching these kids and I'm like, you're you're in this position because you were born like a handsome young child. Right, yeah. And they're, they With all, no discernible talent yeah, at all. These kids have looks. They have like that young model kind of look to them. They all do have, they all look the, the fucking same. Like someone shouted out of a boy band factory, except that these are the rejects because yeah. they couldn't sing. Well, these, yeah, these are the, this is basically the, the boy band phenomenon for the new millennium. I mean, these, but again, they don't have any talent. They just look good. You could slap, and I, they do it all the time. They slap five or six of them together and they send them out on a tour. Mm. I'm still not clear as to what these tours consist of. This video, that's one thing I did, this documentary did give me a little bit of insight into what actually happens at these things and it's yeah. kind of what i thought it was but yeah. a worse and, and for the amount of money that it costs to go it's ingenious <laughs> in the sense that these girls that worship these boys they are projecting they're filling the gaps that these boys can't on their own that these boys can't do because objectively i'm i know i'm older and i'm not supposed to maybe understand this objectively as a performance of these guys who just talk on their phones it's vapid and stupid oh it's they're doing completely vapid it is they're they're not telling a joke they're not doing a performance they're just walking around be like how's it going tonight what's up taking selfies yesterday was my first day ever flying on airplane true or false You want to be on Snapchat? Bringing some people up on stage to do some, roll, roll them up in toilet paper. Or yeah. I mean, just, yeah, it's completely, it's inane. Hey, who wants to get my Snapchat video? It's, it, and it's ridiculous that these kids are, their, or their parents, rather, are shelling out this money. And they're not even actually getting what I would consider to be a performance, actual entertainment. It looks like a half-assed Nickelodeon game show up there. <laughs> That's and that's kind. That's being kind, <laughs> but was rejected. Nickelodeon rejected it. But yeah, and but those other girls are. We talked to girls who, who feel you know marginalized or bullied. Bullying is the word that comes up a lot. Were you bullied growing up? I mean, who wasn't? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't. We don't say that to dismiss anyone's bullying. Keep in mind, everyone does get bullied yeah. unless you're incredibly good looking or something or the, there is the popular kids that barely do hell their dad's probably boy yeah yeah at home though. yeah i mean bullying is universal like it's it's and again this isn't to lessen how anyone feels particularly i know it's an issue right now it always has been but it seems like with this generation and the previous couple of generations it's it's bigger than it was and I, i'm sure social media oh, is the sure. reason for that like when i was a kid if i got bullied and I'm sure it was the same with you. You get bullied at school, but then you yeah. leave school and you go home and you can leave all that shit behind until you have to go back to school the next day. Well, now it just follows you. Like, there's no escaping from it because of social media. Yeah. Um, Especially if you pull, put yourself out there and you're constantly interacting with people. 
or constantly feeling the need to go into each other's shit. Yeah, and that's the thing is I kind of feel like if maybe it would help if you're being bullied to just get off of social media. Yes, that is the cure. And just fight that instinct to check and see what people are saying about you. I know that's really it's a hard thing to do, particularly when, you know, if you go to school and people are, you know, pointing at you or laughing or saying things and they're all looking on their phones and you know it's something about you, but it's just unhealthy to even go down that rabbit hole. Just don't. Just just let it go. It's live, hard. live your life. Be positive. Don't let anyone <laughs> get you down. Don't let anybody try to tell you you can't do something or that you can't go for your dreams. I love you guys so much. Peace, Tayamo. How do you not let people say anything to you? <laughs> Think about what you're saying. <laughs> and it always is like a teenage voice like who's like, we need to stop the bullying. And I was like... You show me how. Yeah. Because we've lived it and bullying will never go no, away. It's not going anywhere. Maybe instead of expecting people not to reflect everything that we want back to us, maybe we should learn how to manage dealing with it. Right. Learn how to cope. But also, technology is bubbling us in. It's making or tricking us into thinking that it is customized specifically for us. And it is doing the best we can. I recently reverted back to a fucking iPhone. I did have a Galaxy because I thought like, oh, at one point I was like, I'm done with iPhones. I want like this phone. I'll just take this phone. But it's confusing and annoying in, a, in just barely different ways. That's how I feel about iPhones. So that's how I, so I went back to iPhone and I was like, okay, fine. I, I can work, do this with all my other shit I got. And it was trying to get me to do face recognition to open it. And Angela was kind of making fun of me about it for a little bit because I was like, I don't want to do that. I'll just put in the code, you know? And she was like, why? It doesn't matter. It probably is listening to you and watching you anyway. But it's under the guise to make this all personalized. And I've, I've got this thing where I don't want things... I'm trying to get into this space where I purposely avoid things that are reflecting myself back to me. Because I feel like that's a genuine problem. Try to accept things as what they are as being different in the moments in my life because it can be very frustrating for everyone it's not even a young kid's problem everyone just this idea that something's going to reflect your values because the world is great and shitty all at once so <laughs> so i'm like i don't want this thing it's telling me it's doing it for my benefit it wants to customize it and make it all about me but the one thing i don't want it to do is to Force me to do all this shit. I don't need everything to be so fucking easy. Yeah. And there's the con the need for convenience has just gone up astronomically for everyone. Everyone feels like everything needs to be, whether it's having your fucking Wendy's delivered to your door, which why would you want that? I yeah. don't, I don't understand that. It, you have like a, a 10 minute window for fast food before it there's turns a, into dog food. There's a listener with no legs be like <laughs> opening up their email. <laughs> I'll have you know that some of us have had issues. <laughs> well, maybe you should uh, maybe try to eat a little better and maybe your legs would grow back. How about that? I uh, don't know if it works like that. <laughs> Man, I hope someone with no legs skips this one. Maybe eating Wendy's is why you don't have legs. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, as far as fast food chains, that Wendy's burger is pretty decent. Eh. It's sponsored by Wendy's. Hi, I'm Wendy's founder, Dave Thomas. Thank you. <laughs> we see a wall 
of Austin fan art. So beautiful. The You Now app, which is a live streaming app. This is what he's doing. When I first saw this screen, I thought that the maybe the documentary producers couldn't get the rights to another app and they were you know how sometimes in fiction you'll see like just create this fake this this is twitbot yeah <laughs> fucking austin he's always throwing out like inspirational bullshit nothing's cheaper than like some it's not even that his inspiration is cheap you can literally find his brand of inspiration laying by the highway yeah the yeah and he says things like in this life there's settlers and there are adventurers all right yeah, I'm an adventurer. I'm not going to settle in this small little town I live in. I got I to gotta go explore the world. I got to see how big the world is. You know, settlers pretty adventurous. <laughs> they got to go into unknown territory and build a society or civilization. Well, maybe if he graduated from ninth grade, he would know that. <laughs> you know, Kingston, Tennessee has a planetarium. That's pretty cool. That surprised me. I love a good planet. I didn't see that coming. I was like, is he still in Kingsport? Or did they make the trek all the way to the Adventure Science Center for that? There's a small shitty town close to us called Dixon. I think it has a planetarium too. Small town planetariums. Somebody should do a documentary about that. It's not worth going to Dixon for. I think we have like a the best one in the state. Yeah. Probably, yeah. probably here in Nashville. And we meet also a manager by the name of Michael Weiss. This, he's this a uh, gay boy who manages all these, I guess, do they even say the word Metro anymore? <laughs> these like... They're influencers. These influencer cookie cutter boys. Which I don't really know. I don't know that I would consider these these kids influencers. I feel like influencer is a very specific thing where their whole thing is they're using their... Yeah. Their, the, the number of fans that they have followers to push a product. Yeah, every third post as an ad i mean it could be like that i mean i didn't get any sense from this doc that that was what these guys were doing we're gonna make fun of people that have literally twenty five thousand times the social media (laughs) presence that we have so (laughs) if you're listening and you're gauging value based on that we are like really at the bottom of the barrel punching up here yeah but that's okay we don't prioritize that maybe as much as others do like i'm it's fine we have a niche man I yeah I my I can't get that haircut anymore. You can't get, look at our hair. No, that we is no longer. We can't an get that haircut if we no. want. Maybe our backs. We could do like a fade on our back hair or something. I just recently noticed that I'm starting to grow back hair. <laughs> I've always had a fairly smooth back, and I caught a glimpse of it in the mirror a couple of weeks ago. I think I'm gonna have to get it waxed. You know, I'm still gifted with a smoothness body. I mean, the back hair thing was just a joke. I really don't have that much of a problem. <laughs> but maybe someday though. One can only hope. Can you guess where Michael Weist is from? Do they say where he's from? And No, but he mentions the city. He doesn't explicitly say it, but I was watching this with Brian, and he was kind of looking up facts. About he mentioned Nashville people. at a certain That's point. That's where he's yeah. from. Why is everyone honking? I'm not even doing anything. I hate driving in LA so much. Don't do that in Nashville. Like, Come on, sweetie. 800 feet. Uh, Michael Wiest, uh, he's up in LA, and he seems to have a house where like little influencer boys are hanging out. Yeah, so... I was looking at that and I'm thinking, so is this like a real world house? Does he just have these kids flown out to LA and then they set up camp at this house and they just live there and they post things yeah. from there? He finds kids that seem to have something. Obviously, it's a particular look. That's the, what he's going for. And, and he's a manager and he pushes these kids out there and he has them tour around. Literally on their own, like Austin on his own. 
with no management help in his hometown can be like, I'm going to be at this mall here in Johnson City. And they'll go and like 20 girls will show up. That was so weird. And follow him around. That was a really strange and awkward moment in that documentary. I remember watching that thing and like, I'm glad I didn't have this power when I was 16. <laughs> and at the same time, like some of those girls are like 11. Yeah. And I was like, well, at 16, I sure wouldn't want to hang with the 11 yeah. year old. That whole thing, that was very strange to me just because, so, okay, he's he's now hanging out with 16 or so total strangers mm. at the mall. Um, he has no money. No, they buy him shit. They, which that in itself was really weird. Yeah. Um, he's like a sugar baby. Yeah, yeah. And they, you know, they want to watch him ride this horse. Yeah. Take no, it. Austin. No, we're just going to walk around. Austin, Austin has to take the money no. and go get your little thing. So he's basically existing to just kind of do whatever they want him to do. And he and he helps them by saying, uh, you look really nice without your makeup yeah, on. You're or beautiful today, in case someone's told you. Hug him every two minutes. Yeah. And then there was the one girl at the end, they were in the parking lot, who wanted his number and started to get really upset. Here, will you text me tomorrow? Your friend got someone or has my number. What do you want me to text you now? Yes. Or? Oh. How do I spell your name? Do you even know my name? Yes, Michelle. Oh, you know Michelle. Oh. <laughs> you can try to spell it first, and then All I'll right. tell you. I got you. If he spelled my name wrong, this is not going to be okay. When he maybe he, she thought he didn't know what her name was. Yes. And. When he was sort of hesitant about giving her his phone number, he said, "My, you know, your your friend has it. You can get it from them." And she kind of gave him this look. That's dating language. Yeah, and they're not technically dating, right? <laughs> yes, awkward it's and very awkward. Everyone, I mean, we see a lot of people at awkward at the awkward age. A lot of these young girls. I mean, at points when you're a teenager, you are pretty much at your most shallow. You're you're trying to emotionally process things, and it is impossible to do it in a mature way. <laughs> yeah, because you're feeling all these hormones and feelings all at one time, especially it, girls. Yeah, guys just sort of force it down inside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, but even teenage boys are not very good at. Oh that. no, no. Well, guys, we, guys are not good at expressing their emotions. Because they don't know how to express their emotions. And we really, Girls are no good at expressing their emotions because all they have are emotions. Yes. And they just put all of them out there yeah. into the world. <laughs> well, let me tell you about the difference between men and women. <laughs> this is this is coming from the perspective of someone who grew up with four sisters. <laughs> yeah. He's a social media influencer manager, Michael Weist is. And they're talking about how they're doing like old Navy posts and commercials for like some pants so this is influencer type shit and they're watching like counts and they're getting like tens of thousands of likes on the most like just posing with duck lips or what the fuck ever <laughs> these teenage boys stripping down of their underwear and taking like body shots like hey girl it's disgusting it is like we said these kids have the same fucking haircut people will pay for shout outs on this app they'll like maybe drop a buck and they'll mention their name and it's kind of a way of a side way that they can make money. They're sugar babies. We It's that 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 phenomenon in itself is really strange to me. Like they, it it kind of gives you a peek into these girls lives as far as them needing this validation even if it's just for a fleeting second on some total rando stranger kids social media just him saying their name or shouting out and you can see in the feed how they react 
they're just ecstatic. They're like, oh my God, he's, what do they call it when he like selects them to actually do the side-by-side video where he's chatting oh, uh, with them? Grouping or something like fuck, that. Uh... We're so fucking old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they get, they get so excited. Oh my God. Yeah. God. It's like, he's this, Wake this up. kid lives in Kingsport, Tennessee. Yeah. It, it it it's so weird. I don't un, I don't pretend to understand this. I'm trying to understand it, but it's obviously not for me because it's not my generation. I'm not against the youth in this in this world. No, I'm compassionate towards them. We've really given them nothing. They don't owe us shit. No, they're gonna be better. I we, feel like yes, we raised them. We keep forgetting that that we raised well. Them. Well, we I did raise. I didn't do shit. <laughs> yeah, some other I, person did that. <laughs> I get it. I get the okay boomer shit. It's actually, I mean, when I was, I get all that. I get the animosity. But teenagers are always going to say dumb shit. It's what they do. It's their bread and butter. And what we as older generations have to remember is that we weren't all totally with it at that age. We were also saying dumb shit. Dumb shit like. Wait, can, can vegans eat cereal? Like me, I believe I can eat. I can be vegan as long as I don't eat anything that like. Any type of food that harms a cow. Milk and a cow don't harm them, does it? No. It's like, that's not what the definition of veganism even is, kid. (laughs) Teenagers always act like everything they say is like some deep philosophical bullshit. (laughs) One of the influencers is like... He don't like to admit that stuff, but he really is like, he's a kid at heart. He's a kid at heart. And I screamed at the TV, he's a kid! He's a kid. <laughs> so that was a factual statement. Yeah. You know. What does he mean? Like he was, he's two years old at heart? <laughs> hey, that could be actually what he was referring to. Describe Austin with a wise <laughs> home life situation. What does it look like? Um, It's a home life that I'm familiar with. I've seen it multiple times throughout sure. my life. Absolutely. Um, He's just a kid uh, living with his single mom. With his older brother, and I think there's a younger sister though. She doesn't really get any kind of shout out, but she seems to be there. We see like at least three litters of kittens. Yeah, lots and lots of cats. Get the cat fixed. I know maybe <laughs> like it seems expensive in that moment, but you'll really save these kittens like a horrid life. Yeah, just yeah. Get the... <laughs> but yeah, small town, um, and just wanting to get out. That's what most kids who grow up in towns like that, they just want to get out. And he sees social media as his ticket to get out of that situation. I definitely possibly help his family. I definitely want to get out of Southside, Tennessee and Montgomery County when I was growing up. Yeah. I felt like, oh, everyone, everywhere outside of this area must be so much more enlightened than where I'm (laughs) at now. Now I've been around the country quite a bit. Coast to coast, and I can honestly say... There's idiots everywhere. Everyone's a fucking moron yeah. in their own special way. Yeah. The biggest thing about, as far as where he lives, is... Well, this isn't really the biggest thing, but... One of the things that I noticed is... He, like a lot of kids, has you know these dreams and these aspirations. And he's constantly talking about his dreams and not letting anyone hold him down. What, what exactly are his dreams? Exactly. The only thing that he ever really makes clear is that he wants to be famous. On on social media. On social media. So that he can change the world. Whatever the fuck that means. Which is a very teenager thing to say. Like, he doesn't really know what he wants. He All he knows is that he wants to get out of the situation that he's in. Uh, but he's not really doing... He's not putting the work in. Yeah. To get out of that situation. Like, his grades are shitty in school. Yeah. 
you know, there are certain, he talks about how, you know, everyone, they, you know, the settlers, they, they go to school, they get good grades, they graduate, they get jobs, they get married, they have kids, then they die. I don't want that. It's like, well, don't shit on those lives. Those people are actually working and trying to accomplish something. That is another like basic ass teenage. Oh, totally. Yeah. I don't want the house with the picket (laughs) fence. It's like, no, it doesn't. It's not a literal desire. It's what people say are pursuing that they're pursuing a comfort, a level of comfort that they can help support themselves and maybe other people. It doesn't necessarily have to look like a house or a picket fence, depending on where you are. It looks very different, but that's all it means. And kids, people will think that they're above it. But the whole time I'm watching this is like, one day you're going to be 35. Yeah. And then what? And that's the thing is, you know, kids like him don't understand that there are certain hoops that you have to jump through if you want to fucking succeed at anything in your life. Like you... You need to go to school. School sucks for the most part. It's boring. Most teachers don't know how to connect with the kids. But if you don't, like your <laughs> your options are going to be so limited, and your life's going to be miserable. And you're going to you're just gonna he's gonna repeat the cycle that his looks like his mom. I mean, she says that her life has pretty much been a shit show, and the yeah. kids are the only thing that bring. Dead, yeah, their dad. I mean, he never contributed anything to nothing except for drugs and alcohol and beating me and beating them. That's it. And it's been a struggle. I just want them to succeed in life and do something with their life and their life not be miserable, you know, like mine's been. They're the only things that's kept me going through the years and why it's not miserable. Again, we've seen this yeah. in our lives growing up. I mean, I'd say maybe I had slight... It looks like they're struggling pretty good, and I, which is actually a very common thing nowadays, more so than ever. Like a lot of people just can't. Everyone, well, something like eighty percent of the country is living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. I mean, we're all just a bad day away from having a fiscally dead in yep. year in the society where managing money we don't have through credit is the only way to kind of ha- gain any traction whatsoever, yeah. and it's designed for us to fail. Which is the first thing to fail when things go wrong in yeah. life. So my heart really goes out to this family and Austin's and his mom and his brother and all this shit. And um, my heart goes out more to his mom yeah. than to Austin. Well, his brother is trying to do something. Like his brother, he worked it out back. Yeah, you know he's he's got a job. Austin eventually gets a job. Um, I can't look at Austin without thinking of the future. I feel sorry for like. 40-year-old Austin. Yeah, yeah. He'll be here eventually. <laughs> and it's uh, he's going to wonder, like, what's up? Why isn't he somewhere? I wonder what... I'm curious as to what effect this documentary has had on his social media presence. If it's been a benefit or if it's made things worse. We, we looked that up and apparently Brian did some research. He's becoming like a, something of a producer here. And he saw that he actually was under... I think he averaged around 20 grand. And, and followers and i think uh at the point of the documentary it had dipped and i think he's up to like 25 grand which is good for anybody really any yeah. average person but the one thing that i i've come to not assume being like someone who talks about documentaries all the time and occasionally interacts with people who make them now more so now than ever is that i assume there's a great deal of fame involved when i'm watching these things but you'd be shocked. Like at someone, you'd watch a really amazing documentary and be like, wow, that was amazing. This person must be 
And there are plenty of documentary directors that are successful, but in terms of like the big level of success, that camp is extremely small. Yeah, if, if you're going into documentaries to become famous, yeah, that yeah, sorry, hate, it. <laughs> sorry, dude, <laughs> you picked the wrong <laughs> film industry to try to yeah stake your your claim in. That's the best part about documentaries and documentary filmmakers that I like. It really is a labor of passion. Like a, met, uh, like a process of wanting to understand. It is a good genre for those that really want to find the art form and like, uh, an, like narrative and telling stories. Even though like individuals don't like explode often through documentaries, it does seem like everyone talks about and likes to watch documentaries. Some big documentary comes out and it's like, have you seen that uh, one where, I don't know, lady... Ran out into traffic or something. Have you seen this documentary? That documentary. It seems like people are always talking about documentaries. There seems to be, or at least last last year, there's always like a handful, a very small handful of documentaries that sort of make their way into the mainstream. Um, Won't you be my neighbor's one that springs to mind? RBG. There's like always one or two a year. Yeah, that go beyond. But that's it. Like you can you probably name maybe three to five a year yeah. that actually. And there are some years where you, you skip the entire year entirely. There's nothing. Of note, as far as mainstream audiences are concerned, yeah, it's going to ring a bell. I don't think Jawline's going to be one of those. Yeah, I mean, I just well, all, yeah, all we're really saying is that Jawline is an interesting examination of this kid's life, but it's based around what this kid's already built, and it may not. And as time moves away from the release of this documentary, it his everyday life is probably not going to be that much different no. as time passes. Well, I mean, and also he's you know I don't know what year. Did they did they say what year, what period of time this documentary was filmed in? Within the last three years. Okay, so that means at this point he's almost twenty. Yeah, I think he. Yeah, he's twenty. Now. Okay, so he's not a kid anymore. Yeah. Um, he's he's getting older. Yep. And he's gonna age out of this whole thing within the next few couple of years, probably. He's, I mean, he's in his early twenties. That's still like a like young, dumb, and have fun period. Yeah. He's got like. You're, you're hitting that, and then around your mid-20s, you start to kind of, like that quarter-life crisis where it's like, oh, I maybe need to do something, yeah. but what? Well, and the thing is, is, you know, for, for this, all of this stuff, it's all about the look of these kids. It's all yeah. about being a cute boy. As you start to get older... The management is focused solely on their looks. Yeah, oh, totally. But as they start to get older, and they start to... They're trying to maintain their status on social media... Their fan base is not aging. Mm. The fan base stays young. So these girls that are 13 years old are going to age out of them very quickly yes. and move on to something That's else. That's the tricky thing that about things that appeal to young yeah. kids is that these kids will move on. Yeah, I mean, uh, once you once you become a franchise, and yeah. w- once you've learned how to re- constantly reinvent yourself for the next every three-year turnover of kids that are coming yeah. up, that's where the success is. That is, if that that if you can figure out that thing evolving, then you'd do very well. Yeah. And it's just, that's the hardest thing to do right there. I think the most popular thing I can think of that has been successful at that is Scooby-Doo. There has been a Scooby-Doo yeah, since the 60s. Like, it, it has consistently reinvented itself over and over and over again. And the rest of Hanna-Barbera has struggled. Yeah. But somehow Scooby-Doo is a I don't know what it is about that particular franchise that they... I mean, Hanna-Barbera would have had to have focused on it. They yeah. could have focused on anything. 
Yeah, that's to true. constantly, it's not like that formula is a really original. No, maybe I feel like that because there's been so many carbon copies of Scooby Doo. Yes, after the fact, but yeah, it could have been like Yogi Bear. Yogi Bear could have been the thing that they decided to keep reinventing and introducing to a new generation of kids. Now, considering what's coming at these kids, how they're being validated, it's literally rigged against them their ability to evolve through this. Like they're not going to be able to do it because they're being. It's almost like they're popping this small amount of fame too early. And it's going to fuck their brain up. Like, famous people, I have a theory that all famous people you see, their point of who they are starts at that moment when they gain, like, extreme fame. And there's just something about that moment. They're almost trapped in amber. I think if it happens at a young age, yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could see it when Austin, when he has his little taste, when he goes off to Houston Yes. And to whatever Palm Con or Palm, I don't know what the hell, Palms Con or something like that, they go to the social media convention. Mm-hmm. And he comes home and like gets goes into depression. How you starts having keep, anxiety. How are you going to keep him down on the farm, man? Yeah, yeah. He's had a little taste of that world and now he, then he's back to reality in Kingsport. And he's making his way to that Michael Weist bubble, the 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 manager dude. And we see him on Rodeo Drive, talking about how he loves shopping and luxury. I do want to go to Saint Laurent. I also would like to go to Gucci and Cartier. I can buy a new Chanel piece. Michael Weiss, like him or not, you can tell that he is probably going to be the one that is more successful. Oh, because absolutely, yeah, of course. <laughs> and that's when, how it's set up. <laughs> I'm not a big Rage Against the Machine fan, but when he was on, Ro- every time you see somebody or mention of Rodeo Drive, I think of that lyric. <laughs> I think it's about Black Panthers and shit, basically, rolling around L.A. That's kind of what it reminds me of, but I'm not a fan of them. I think they're very overrated, but I always really like that one. And I don't know much about Rage Against yeah. the Machine. Like I said, overrated, but a good line. <laughs> I know who they are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got a big hickey on his neck. Dude, I didn't notice that. Yeah, he said someone grabbed him and made out with him. I kind of Oh, yeah, that's right. Story. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe you guys have to see this. We threw a party. We had several social media kids over, as always. Then he proceeded to grab my face and make out with me. This dude is uh, balling in a way these other kids are. They're kind of involved in the same circle, the same business. And there's more to him, too, that we'll get into. A I mean, later. he he is basically, what who he reminded me of, one example of all of these guys. I can't remember the name of the producer, but the producer that basically created NSYNC and the back yeah, yeah. Boys. he yeah like he's hopefully just, he's, he's not exactly like that yeah guy. that's well yeah that, i kind of was concerned about that as well uh <laughs> but yeah i mean he's he flat out says you know talent a dime a dozen the nature of this social media business is making as much money as quick as you can because everything has a expiration date and a time limit my goal is to capture the ones that i think are better than the rest take them rebrand them monopolize that so that everyone who's not part of that vision is taken out of the industry so that it keeps quality control up and more money in my pockets. I'll make anyone basically into a social media star. Yeah. Once one kid goes ages out, then I'll get someone to replace them. Like, and that, and that's that same boy band factory mentality. Uh, that, what is that producer's name? I cannot remember what his name is. Uh, but he screwed them out of a ton of money. It's yeah. the same thing. He, you know, he was, they got very little money from the actual, and eventually both those groups left his company because of that, and they sued him. 
uh, and we see that that is happening <laughs> to Michael. Yeah, uh, during the documentary, <laughs> he's always in this house where teenage boys hang out. He's constantly arguing with them all the time. Like, you got to shoot your video now. Just go down there and do this now. And it's Bryce, Tyler, video time. Uh, yes. Where do you want to film here? Uh, yes. You're going to do the damn video. I don't have a camera. My Great. camera got stolen. We're going to find a camera. There no. looks like there's a camera right there on the counter. Mm. Is that yours? No, it's not. Is that Kay's? I don't know whose that is. That's probably Jules. Do really want... Can we do something else? Like, no! I was just on broadcast for 35 minutes. Okay, I'm sorry you had to work for 45 minutes. Now you're going to film a video. Yeah, but I have a video already ready to edit. Like, Great. I have to post Powerful. that Powerful. That's the whole point of Tyler coming here, is we're going to film this video. I have literally no energy right now. Like, can we go eat somewhere? No. Watching this exchange. Also, these dudes have got to be on this all the time it's, right it's not hard work in the traditional sense but that but it kind of but it has to take up so much of their brain space well they have to be on yes like all constantly on and one of the guys when they have that big argument where he's the one guy's posting the video and he michael makes a comment about how today i'm going to be talking about five things that girls do that annoy me don't say you guys because it eliminates your guy fans when you're talking about girls you said you guys that alienates your guy fans. This video's titled for girls, so you're just left to all your guy fans. So I just say, like, some of you girls watching, like, just... Does that make sense to you? What the fuck are you saying? In the first part of your video... Said you guys. Yeah, you said you guys, referring to all your viewers as girls. You alienate the guy. I'm just saying, they're gonna feel not acknowledged. You know, he's gonna alienate his audience because I didn't really get that exchange because it sounded like what Michael was saying to him was the opposite of what he really yeah. intended to say. I, I don't know, but basically by referring to everyone as guys, you're going to alienate. Oh yeah. Yeah. Girls, something along those lines. You could just be like some of your girls watching you girls. Like, I'm just throwing it out there for future yeah. reference. I know you're not going to listen to what I say because you hate that, but you're hundred percent right. I'm still going to call them you guys. Like what? That makes no sense. Okay, just continue. Yeah, what? Why would I call them? You want me to say you girls? Like, what? Like, some of you people watching, like, you don't have to refer to everyone as you guys. Because that's too general, and it's the 21st century. I and think so, he was trying to make some misgendering argument. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like, whatever, dude. But, like, Michael, you're just trying to bilk these dudes yeah, for yeah. their money. Don't try to, like, add some... It's whatever. Don't try to be socially conscious <laughs> with this yeah. shit. But the other guy that's on the couch watching this go down says... That's social media. You have to put a smile on your face and act like you're happy. Because <laughs> the guy's pissed because he's like, I'm not in the mood to do this video anymore. You just totally killed my mood. I don't want to do it. This is why this is for us. Because it's essentially saying, like, we're not really like this. This yeah. is exhausting. We just have, we, we're just, like, opening our mouths and these words come out. And then we go and roll our eyes and play, I don't know, whatever hot phone games going on and i'm really curious i really hope that at some point someone does a follow-up to this yes. documentary i would like to see where all these guys are 10 years from now because they none of them have talent i saw no indication that any of them outside of lip syncing to videos yeah. and posting or to songs and posting it on social media they don't have any talent and so they how where's the longevity going to come from where are they going to go from this it's one thing if you're you know i think it's great one of the great things about social media is that you can get yourself out there yeah and put your talent into the world whether that's writing music performing singing acting comedy whatever and not have to filter it through 
yes. some big company or corporation yeah. to represent you. If there's an actor you like, you can message them right. directly. And they may or may not read it, but the possibility is there. But if you don't have any actual talent, what's your long-term plan? There isn't one. <laughs> and they're teenagers, so they don't have plans. <laughs> Get a montage of the, I mean, the audience's teenage girls. And probably it's all teenage girls and some and some men that need to just not have access to computers. <laughs> but they were smart enough to at least not show up at the convention. <laughs> yeah, so they probably like sit at the Cinnabon, like staring, <laughs> wishing they were one of the teenage girls. Like they're so fucking lucky. They have no idea these kids. Oh, is that Julian? That old man's following us. <laughs> is that Giovanni? <laughs> And there are intense emotional projections on these boys. And um, Ooh, man, it was like the Beatles and Michael Jackson. Just <laughs> tears being shed. And everyone, from the influencers who are hit, becoming famous to these girls, they hate where they're from. No one where they're at is like a good, decent person. He's more mature and like more yeah. caring and sweet. And like the boys in our middle school are like... Yeah, really rude. Because you've known these people all your lives and you see what the shitty and great things that make them humans are. You've not seen these with these boys. Right. This is what I mean. They're they're getting half of something and they're filling up the other half with what they produce. Not even half. I mean, they're, they're getting probably 10%. It was interesting. At one point, as I, as I was gradually getting older, becoming more of an adult, at some point it occurred to me that no one's really that cool. Not really. No. <laughs> No one's, everyone's got a fucking problem. <laughs> Nothing's cool. And anyone who thinks they're actually cool, they're usually a douche. Yeah. And I'm comfortable with thinking I'm cool and understanding I'm a douche. <laughs> <laughs> My wife and I had this conversation a couple of nights ago and I told her, I can't, I can't remember what we were talking about, but somewhere along the lines, I said that I wasn't cool. Um, and she was like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, but you're cool. And she's like, no. Actually, I don't know if she disagreed with me or not. Yeah, she did. But I point out, I said, no, you're you're way cooler than I am. I mean, you. I think most people would argue that you are cool if they met you. I mean, you got all the Saved by the Bell on DVD. <laughs> Actually, I don't. Oh. Don't own any Saved by the Bell. I'm trying to Every time I try to guess <laughs> what pop culture thing. You don't know me, Bobby. <laughs> I've seen your last case. I just haven't memorized it. Anything with Screech on it. Well, if you can stream it, why why buy it? That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I try to limit my purchases to things that are not available streaming-wise. But when I say, like, nobody's cool, it's not that I'm saying everyone is actively lame. It's like I'm saying, well, like... What's your definition of cool? I'm really just saying, like, this thing, this coolness, this idea of coolness is just, like, a non-thing. Like, it doesn't truly... Like, you've got it together and... Yeah. You know, you've, you've got everything figured out. Exactly. And, no yeah. one, and no one does. No one does. No one... You people, everyone, people go to their deathbed not having it yes. figured out. And I'm not saying, like, if everyone's not cool, then they're lame. I'm not even saying that everyone's lame. I guess a few people are. But I'm saying it's like it's something that we've kind of made up. I think almost. everyone's lame. I think everyone's <laughs> lame in their own way. Like, yeah, you yeah. have to embrace that. It, yeah. Coolness really doesn't exist. Yeah. Because everyone's kind of full of shit in their own I've been watching life. pretty much nothing but shitty Hallmark and Lifetime Christmas movies for the past week and a half. You know. That's lame. And I totally cop to that. I, I kind of like a lifetime, like, not without my daughter and shit sometimes. <laughs> Angela and I do kind of, we'll sit down and watch those things. I'm particular about the holiday 
movies. That's that's my bread and butter. Interesting. Yeah. See, I'm so I, bad. I avoid those, but they would be in line. I love the ones that like will project a, like a vibrant small town. Like all the shops are open and no. It's one's always open. like Gilmore Girls. In yeah. This town. <laughs> it's like every business is, they've been completely untouched. By like the fact yeah. that a Walmart opened five miles outside of town, like all the doors are still open. Everyone's still having success. Yeah, they didn't. Bu- they didn't build the half-empty strip mall, right? Like Stars Hollow set. <laughs> that would have been a whole different show. <laughs> like a Taekwondo studio with someone crying outside of it. <laughs> this manager, they got a hold of Austin, and I don't know what what put them over the edge to bring him in maybe it was him trying to do the drake video you need to get done 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 in the network come over we just need to slow the motion we just a way to know what all right hopefully this is the masterpiece <laughs> or you singing the drake song over and over again <laughs> oh the drake video and but Austin's manager manages these boys. Are they twins or just brothers? I think they're twins. Julian and Giovanni. And they look like little pretty boys, like every other one. Yeah. They, and they are they seem very lock, locked in to this as their careers. But Michael, I think he says it sometime in this movie. He's like, this isn't going to last. Like, this is a bubble that will burst. Oh, yeah. In 10, 20 years. This kind of thing, as a popular thing, will go away. Which is interesting because we don't understand it. But at some point, those kids are going to be looking at someone else doing something and not understand it either. Well, part of the... and I th- That's one of the reasons why I think that Michael may be successful long-term. Is because part of being... I don't know, what is he, a manager, I guess? Yes. P- part of being a manager in any kind of sort of fly-by-night, something that gets super popular, this thing that didn't exist two years ago and now it's a huge thing part of being successful and having longevity is recognizing the fact that this is going to end yes. and looking at always looking forward to your next thing and he mentions how like he's basically been focused on looks and so now he's shifting to actually talent even though he doesn't give a shit about talent he completely admits that <laughs> that's not his thing but he yeah. recognizes that like this is going to fade yes. this whole influencer thing probably in the next 10, 15 years is not going to exist anymore. At least not in the form that it exists in now. The bubble of social media. And it's, I don't think social media will ever go away. No, it's here to stay. Yeah. But I do hope it bursts in a way in which it becomes something that's just there as opposed to something that everyone is just constantly talking about. What do you think is going to replace social media? Like we never thought it never dawned on us that anything would ever replace television. Like 15 years ago. Well, we're working on VR shit, and maybe social media will evolve in that direction. We got certain aspects. I've been working on VR shit for for what seems like most of my life. But it's only within the last 10 years that it's starting to look pretty good. Like, it's coming along. They talked about it a lot in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. It looked like Lawnmower Man. (laughs) But now, and then they stopped talking about it for a while. But now they can do, like, interesting shit where... They map out all of the Louvre, the museum in Paris, yeah. and you can like walk the Louvre using only your phone, and that that stuff is just going to grow. It so looked- you're you're thinking it's going to go more the route of like Ready Player One, where everyone is sequestered in their homes with these VR goggles on, living their lives, l- literally living most of their life online in that way versus 
through social media. I've never watched that or read the book because it because it just as it's described to me, it's like. Hey, our childhood. So I decided not to read oh, it. Oh yeah, I mean it's totally it's it. totally someone just like jerking off 80s all over the place. I but, mean, it, but it is what it is. is but it, the premise of it Is Ready Player 1 an apocalypse environment? Um cuz it's get not that. it's not so much it's not presented in the traditional way that an apocalypse yeah. would be. It's not like a nuclear Armageddon or post-war World War 3 or something like that. It's just it's one of those corporations have taken over. Yeah, well, sort that's of thing. Very believable. <laughs> yeah, it's more believable than the other stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and then fa- also including in that, like the way they were really able to do that is through introducing this technology where everyone, basically, the it's this world twenty years from now, where the one percent has now become the point oh oh one percent, and er- there's no middle class. Everyone is poor. But they escape that. And through. everyone's placated with pop culture. Yeah, yeah. That actually sounds interesting. Yeah. Um, the book is more interesting than the movie. They make a lot of changes as usual, in the movie, yeah. I think people might... The way that story is described to me, I think people are like, yeah, and he gets to be like Legend of Zelda in this one area. It's like, oh, boy. I mean, that's to, honestly, that's the least interesting thing about the book yeah. to me. I, I was really... I wanted the author to go more into the idea of... You know, this technology is it's the same thing. It's like eventually it got to the point where cell phones are cheap enough so that everyone pretty yes. much can own a smartphone. Well, it's the same thing with this virtual reality technology. Yeah. And it allows the powers that be to get away with whatever because people don't even care about what's happening in the real world because they're living their well, lives online. Well, then in that the way that's described, yeah, it does seem like it. It also seems like people are. I mean, as kids before the internet, we've always had a connection to certain aspects of pop culture. I mean, we're no different than everybody else. There are things we really like. Yeah. But it does seem like so much identity is starting. It's so apparent what people like. And I don't know if that's a good thing in the world. Oh, I'm totally guilty of that. I mean, that's, that's kind of my, that's part of my bread and butter. It's something I've struggled with over the years. It's like, does it really matter? Like you have this case full of action you know action figures and whatnot yeah and it's like my way of telling anyone who comes over to my house like this is representative of the things Mm -hmm. that it's like a shorthand for people to immediately know when they walk in the door to a certain extent of who i am i'm trying to i'm trying to balance that in my life yeah you've done a better job of that than i have i'm trying to get better about it it's definitely in the last several years that i've managed to really get a hold of it but i still you know like things that i like yeah i want that meteor man button by the way (laughs) that's awesome i'll give it to you (laughs) that's friendship no no one's gonna fucking know (laughs) that reference it's a great movie does does meteor man show up in ready player one no that would be great if he did, though. I heard, uh, I heard the Noid fucks Spot from the seven old Seven Up commercials in the in I have Ready no Player idea. One. In the movie, yeah, the Noid, the Domino's former Domino's mascot. There's, there's so the there's so many Easter eggs in that movie. Yeah, that I don't have the time to sit and freeze frame throughout there, the entire Blu-ray. Are there literal Easter eggs in that movie? Probably. Oh. I think there may be an, an actual egg. <laughs> Smart ass. But I think I think in balancing my pop culture intake, that's kind of a part of what I mean with like trying to adjust and get used to maybe going out into a world that's not reflecting everything I want. It's just kind of 
the reality of something. And I, and I, I, and I want to do that because I don't want to bubble in. I want to be able to adapt. And as I get older, I feel like it becomes harder and harder, which makes me want to, uh, try to do something about it the best I can. But, yeah. but I feel like I, but th- this met this, this idea of doing this is very much a modern, I'm realizing a very modern problem and I may not be very good at it yeah. as I try to do it. Do you feel like kids like in the age group, like teenagers that we're talking about in this movie, do you feel like they interact with pop culture in the same way that we do? Gosh, you know, um, it seems like what we see them do is talking to each other, but only through the, these screens and interacting with each other. There's probably like, I think music will always be a thing. How that music is distributed or how it can profit or be used will change. But yeah. like music always seems to be a through line. I mean, everyone's always looking at something. I mean, I, I will look at Reddit. It's kind of an entertaining thing to me to go through Reddit. I don't participate in it very much. It's almost become like a channel to watch, like a TV channel. Yeah. And I'm sure these kids do that kind of shit all the time as well. So, But as far as like what what is going on now, I can see it. It's hard to tell because a lot of shit we've had now has been around like 40 years. Yeah, and their their pop culture tends to all be internet based yes i mean when i when i hear my nieces talk about you know they're sitting on the couch and they're watching these videos i don't i have no i don't know that world yeah even more so i think i'm more removed from it than our parents were from kids go to youtube yeah yeah that's their shit now because the thing is tv and everything our generation with our parents we were all still watching the same television we may have been watching different things but parents still had at least some sort of idea as to what it was because it, you're sharing the same space. But yeah. now that has gone away. That doesn't exist anymore. There's such a huge divide between people my age and teenagers in that respect. I, I, I have no idea. And this stuff is insanely popular for people their age. And I, I don't even know it exists. Intense waves of information. And kids can probably process it a lot faster than we can. Yeah. They're literally, their brains are going to be forced to evolve in this. And it will probably be a few generations that really maybe set some kind of true border standard of what is acceptable and what is not. I don't know how that will pan out. But I can say that these boys' experience with the internet is probably different than um, than the fans. Because they go in and out with these boys' lives, but they maintain this as a career in these social media spots. But these other girls... They can obsess over the boys and then they'll go and look at Reddit for right. a while or yeah. do their their internet experience is probably more diversified than the boys that they worship. I'd wager to say the, the boys probably don't they live in their own bubble yes. of what they're doing and they're probably not as up on everything yeah. else as their audience is that, because that's totally. their job, basically. And that just makes it sad. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> This manager is prepping Austin from scratch. He's in Houston. We get a makeover. There's a live show and he's backstage. And then Austin goes up. And this is the vapid nothing live show that we're talking about. And it's they're literally being like, what's up, girls? Want to do a selfie with me? Hey, who wants to get in my Snapchat video? And that's it. Yeah. That is it. And then hugging someone and... I think the twins, at one point I saw one of them like quasi-DJing. I yeah. guess they, they talked about how they were building a studio downstairs at a certain point. So they may have music as an interest. 
beyond whether or not they actually have any talent in that field. I I don't know. I think every third young kid is a self-described DJ (laughs) at this point. But beyond that, I didn't see any actual, and even that, like, He's just like kind of turning knobs at a console, a yeah, soundboard, yeah. and then his brother is just sort of like jumping around, you know, hyping the crowd up. I'm like, w-? and then this girl comes on and says she paid two hundred and fifty dollars. Like, what are you getting? <laughs> what, what what product are you getting for the money you dropped down for this? You've seen Freaks and Geeks, right? Yeah, that show, which is about kids growing up in like the seventies, and that and that one character who. Gets a drum kit modeled after Neil Pert for yeah. Rush, but when he plays drums, he's just hitting like a snare, a tom, and a hi hat. I think it's kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> but Austin goes up, and we see success starting to begin, or that equivalent. I think like it's this point in the documentary, homosexuality kind of comes up, and it seems like it. It becomes a brief theme in a kind of a subtle way. In an airport, Michael's with his little boy influencers, and they're all holding pizzas, right? And Michael says, "Um, how the fuck are you doing that? What? Like I'm way too homosexual to eat pizza out of a cardboard box in an airport. You're way too homosexual. Yeah, this like I need a fork. This actually made me distrust Michael a little more." He goes, Like, I'm way too homosexual to eat pizza out of a cardboard box in an airport. I'm too homosexual to eat pizza out of a cardboard box. Yeah, this is like, I need a fork. I was watching this with a gay man, and he didn't understand <laughs> either. Michael blamed his homosexuality for a bigger issue, and he actually came out of the closet. Here is something that is troubling. A person who eats pizza with a knife and fork. <laughs> He blamed his homosexuality on the fact that he's a guy that eats pizza with a knife and fork. I'm not talking about deep dish. That's a that's a problem that goes beyond. That is that is a serious sexual problem. orientation. Yes, and to think that he can just use his gayness to, as an excuse. No, if you eat pizza with a fork, a knife and fork, one, you're either my grandma or you're a sociopath. <laughs> Maybe both. At least a narcissist. And. <laughs> Or you're Donald Trump, who eats New York-style pizza with a knife and fork. Well, I'm convinced that that is why... Wasn't it Mitt Romney who, uh, during the uh, campaign, was at a pizzeria and was video was caught on tape eating pizza with a knife and fork? I'm convinced that's why he lost the nomination. It might be, because it's weird. It is weird. It's a pizza. The traditional it's pizza... It's meant to be hand food. You pick that thing up. It's disgusting, Michael. <laughs> disgusting <laughs> but we get one kid he was an influencer and he I, he he's pretty much openly acknowledges he's gay but he does his stage voice like i'll give you a forewarning <laughs> so when i host the show i kind of do this voice where i'm like yo what's up this is rob i'm at digitor everybody make some noise you know so it's totally like opposite of this person that you're interviewing what's up ladies and then he goes back to his regular <laughs> i thought that was pretty funny <laughs> <laughs> you know it might not matter nowadays though if these kids come out as gay or not but i'm thinking of like yaoi culture you know what that is i have no idea what it's that is yaoi japanese culture it's gay literature or manga usually oh yeah yeah of, of boys and often it'll be it will be They'll represent like famous people in Japanese. There's culture. tons of that stuff out there, and it's but it's not like for a gay audience. It's for teenage, teenage girls. girls. Yeah, yeah. 
And I think that uh, the idea that is starting to kind of come into America, there's still some misunderstandings about it, but, but it could be almost like that. Like, um, it, it's just interesting. I'm curious as to whether that, that particular phenomenon of teenage girls being into something like that, when I think like long-term kind of compare it to how black culture be, has become like the mainstream like it yeah. is pop culture black black music hip-hop that's what it all is for the mm. most part and how i have some issues with that yeah um and i wonder long term if the gay community will feel the same mm. as far as they're taking that culture and it being co-opted i i know that feeling of watching something and feeling like it's like it represents something that is marginalized, but you get a weird feeling out of it anyway. Yeah. But I found that I, I remember when I was much younger and Will and Grace was huge. I was like, is this like a gay mistral show? And <laughs> I think there's some argument that it could have been, but it was still enjoyed by like gay audiences yeah. and stuff. So it's like, it's, there's always a fine balance. You know, I used to think I was so wise for, hating on the Kathy comic strip. And then you'd find women was like, I grew up reading Kathy. I my, mean, my aunt used to love Kathy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did she ever marry uh, that guy? I think so. I never actually read the comics. So I don't know anything about it. But it sounds like you were a fan. Yeah, I loved Kathy. The Kathy comic strip was great. <laughs> and the dog and her mom. What is What was her boyfriend's name? Will she ever fit into those shoes or that dress? I don't know. <laughs> ack, ack. Ack, 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 ack. <laughs> A few people will be like, I know exactly what he's talking about. <laughs> Austin goes back to the great state of Tennessee. Things are a little, a little different down. Like I said, you can't keep him down on the farm. That's right. He has now doubled his phone time. Um, and his whole family's like, God, you're lazy. You, you act like you're too good for it now since you went on this tour where a 10 year olds like are all over you. <laughs> and he's like, I hate Kingsport. I hate it. I was living different when I was on tour, going different places every weekend, things bought for me, new hotel, food every day. And then boom, back to Kingsport where I'm poor. I don't like it here. I hate Kingsport. I hate it. There's more kittens. There's another litter. They're like, really cute. How but many cats are in this they're house? They're really cute, but y'all got to like do something about that. You need to get these fuckers spayed. Mom says he notices that there is anxiety in Austin. He was on tour. That manager was very hateful and rude and disrespectful to Austin. Putting Austin down. Telling him he didn't see him growing and started treating him different. And then after that, Austin just feels like he knows he's not going to succeed. And she talks about how mean the manager was. The manager is the bad guy. That's kind of a part of his job as well. But what Austin is going through is self-sabotage. He's going, he's seen something that's successful and it scares him. There's going to, a part this, I understand this because this has happened to me a lot where you get like momentum from something and then there's something in the back of your mind that just wants to tear it down yeah, in the rubble. I've, I've had that as well. It's hard to explain. A lot of creative people have dealt with that. Even though he was in it and doing it and it felt good when he was doing it, when he had when he gets away from it, when he get, steps away from the sun and processes it, it can be feel very overwhelming. And also, he's probably just burnt the fuck out because this is something that if you want to maintain it, 
you have to do it constantly. Yeah, it's which I personally, if I'm going to invest that much time and energy into something, there has to be some substance to it. Mm. Just doing it for the sake of being famous, it's not enough of a driving force for me. I, I don't see it being a driving force for anyone long term. You're going to burn yourself out. I think the idea of this kid just doing this and being famous, that's kind of a generation gap thing to us. I think our in our minds, we we wouldn't mind fame, but we want to do something that Be makes famous that. for something that you've done. Yeah. You've created. You, yeah. We don't yeah. expect it to come out of nowhere. Right. And that's that's a part of that's a thing that but, you know, I didn't I didn't grow up looking like Austin. I wasn't a bad looking kid, but I didn't. <laughs> I wasn't like meet me at the mall, twenty girls following me around. Kind yeah, of the whole fame acquiring fame without actual substance is a is a new phenomenon that I'm completely I, I'm removed from and don't understand it. Austin's slowing down. He's not posting as much burnout. And it, I like that part where he goes, "I'm not going down the drain. It's just I'm growing slow. That's it. I need better self discipline. I got a book in there about self discipline." <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you just rub it on crack your body, it, you crack that him. book open, give it a read. <laughs> we see Michael; he's analyzing Austin's feeds. He's very critical, but he does say that like this is a feed that I can use and amplify it, and I can make this work. Michael's always arguing with clients. Remember the whole point of why they're here is this today. Like, can you not? Yeah, can well, you just I need be... to eat to get some energy. Okay, I go just... to the fucking kitchen. There's nothing in there. Yes, there is. We go, have go look. What would you like? A sandwich? I need like a salad to like. Great, we have a protein bar. That's healthy. Salad. I need a salad. Okay, great. We have vegetables right here. I have bought salad mix. All right, make a salad then. If you want to waste everyone's time's here, my time, Liza's time, their time, everyone's time. The whole reason Tyler came all the way over here. Do that. I need you to actually film and do the video. For real. That's the whole point of this whole thing. That's why everyone's here, and that's why they stayed the night. Like that's the whole point. Legit, bro. The twins are. They're, they've become good friends with Austin, and they kind of interact with him and try to get him to keep going. Because yeah. they met in Houston, and it seemed like they really hit it, all, hit it off and had a friendship. And then Austin reads his contract. And I love clipping uh, people um, reading out loud. Client will reimburse manager for all expenditures. It's become my new favorite thing on the show. <laughs> Manager incurs on client's behalf or in connection with client's career or the performance of manager services under this agreement. Mom is watching Austin's feeds as they go. So she is doing, when she can, she is monitoring some of this going on. Yeah, which on. is good. Yeah, because God, Austin, uh, if you ever get around to this, if you ever listen, um, I hope no one's sending him nudes. And he better not be saving him, Austin. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna get a whooping. You're gonna get a whooping if you're doing this, Austin. I found it interesting that when the twins, uh, when he was FaceTiming or whatever with them, and they were asking him about, you know, how's your, how's it going as far as the posts and all that stuff, and he talks about how he's dropped off and have you been to the gym? You know, I haven't been working out. And when they try to give him sort of some positive reinforcement um, to try to get him motivated to really, you know do put the work in to get where he wants to be. He like cuts the call. Yeah. Just like he can't even, he can't even receive that, which yeah. I found really telling. Interesting. Yeah. Michael's clients, two of them quit on him. Some of the ones you see him arguing with throughout the movie, they quit on him. And Michael is describing the conflict. They thought that I was like, 
keeping money from them during tour. And then Mikey ran and told Bryce all kinds of stuff that wasn't true in his year and just created all kinds of animosity. And they tried to ruin my name. They threatened to kill my 70-year-old grandmother and my mother, like Bryce getting into her face and, and just like, Anyone who can get into a 70-year-old woman's face and be like, I will fucking kill you and say those words to anyone who is an elder to them is disgusting. Obviously, kids are just being reactionary and saying some shit and he's multiplying it to justify his action of suing them for $5 million, which is what all that's he's going to try to do. Disgusting. And at that point, I was like, mm, that's psychotic and like really, really bad. And Bryce's mom is sitting two feet away and did not intervene. She wanted to say, Bryce has ADD. ADD does not make you go to a seven-year-old woman and be like, I'm going to fucking kill you. Austin didn't get paid. And Angela and I were talking about this. And we think the contract is written in the way that Michael, um, he's saying that you'll make this much money. Was was it Michael who was, because I never actually saw any interaction between Michael. I felt like the there was another manager the manager facilitated something that went to Michael's company and they met through Houston. And I think they did some tour and Michael was a part of that. Um, Cause Michael doesn't have the twins. There was the other guy in Houston is the one who manages. I think they're the connected. Twins. Yeah. I think they are. Okay. Um, but Austin didn't get paid. And we think that what happened was that his contract, it said you'll make this amount of money. But the thing is, it probably relies on profitability going beyond what they spend on him. Client will reimburse manager for all expenditures. Which is such like a scam because he's a very new guy. He's brand new. So what you do is you dump a lot of money into this and you can probably like do some little math between all these little boys to say like, well, I spent more than what you actually made. So according to this contract, you actually really don't get anything. And all they have to do is just dump a bunch of money onto a kid. And then they probably you can probably divide it unevenly based on how the contract is worded. Yeah. And just, and maybe one or two of the kids that are really, really famous get something. But the ones that they're trying to come up are easily going to get screwed yeah. out of a deal here. He talks about how... You know, he can take any kid and get their likes or get their follows up to X amount, 100,000 plus, whatever. And he talks about how they're not, these kids aren't able to do that on their own. Yeah. Which I don't buy into that. There's been, there's plenty of evidence if you go on the internet of these people becoming YouTube sensations or whatnot, purely on their own. That, that's one of the, it, I, I just think it's interesting that dealing specifically with social media, which part of the fabric of social media is the ability to be able to create and make create your own persona and profit from it solely on your own. Yeah. And he's saying that, no, you can't do that. You need to have a manager to be able to actually go any farther to than a certain point, which I, I just, think I thought that was interesting. Like these kids are buying into that. Considering that relationship can be so tentative. I think that only functions if you are gigantically, famous yeah but if you're just a guy on the internet you probably can't fuck up any worse than a manager would screw you out yeah exactly so uh, especially in this modern times in which things are so much like we have the the diy thing is so much more accessible but you notice that we don't talk about diy as a culture as much as we did in like the 80s and the 90s that seems so strange to me like the language has been removed even though it's easier than ever to do these things yeah by yourself 
And I wonder if that's by design because in this desperate attempt for these industries to hang on and leech off of people what little they can. Because, look, it's Michael's job, but he is a leech by his own yeah. by his job description. And I honestly didn't see anything that he was bringing to the table that these kids wouldn't be able to do on their own. Yeah. Other than to them having a living in a space where they record everything well, they can do that anywhere like any eats pizza with a fork which yeah, is fucked that's, up yeah it's, i'm way too homosexual to eat pizza out of a cardboard box in that airport it's real i mean that's fucked up yeah i'm sorry i'm sorry michael but there's so many things it's like i need a fork i immediately um, i have in my notes like the third thing i have in my notes is immediately don't like this guy yeah <laughs> also austin was taken out of school by this management company and put into homeschool. And then, so he got some like piddly little lesson during his tour that probably didn't mean shit. But also since it was over, he's automatically dumped from homeschool and they don't like do anything to transition him back in. So it was this idea. It was like, Oh, I go to homeschool now. But what really happened was he just dropped out of right, high yeah. school. And I wonder how long he was actually on any kind of tour like i wonder if it was just a one-off thing it i feel like, like it. if they're gonna homeschool i feel like that's a long-term investment and i yeah. feel like if he if he just left school for a week or two he could just go back and pick up where he left off mm. but if well he's arguing with his mother and they're arguing about the education and he's sitting there like i want to do this thing i want to do this thing he's just saying it over and over again his mom's like no, you flunked the ninth grade and you totally missed this grade. You don't really have transferable credits right now. Like you have to go back to school. And if you don't go back and start from scratch, you'll be forced in a position where you just have to get a GED. And the fact that he was still a junior yeah. in spite of all that because of that bullshit no child left behind, like that's disturbing. Isn't it? That's a <laughs> yeah. whole other documentary. <laughs> Uh, uh, did you like the part where Austin's like reciting poetry? The night sky catches my eye while leave me wondering why. For every moment that I take, I shall learn from every mistake. May have been the best part of the documentary. The night sky catches my eye while leaving me wondering why. A hard day is a lesson learned. Without struggles, there's nothing earned. Gazing at the city lights while thankful for these beautiful sights. Our love for our home is crashed, leaving this earth trashed. For no one sees what's real. They only believe what they feel. What's worse, these poems or eating pizza with a fork? I don't know. That's close. Yeah, I know. That's really close. <laughs> it took, I was trying really hard to just, to not allow my brain to just start ripping him to shreds. Because teenagers write shitty poetry. That's just part yeah. of being a sensitive teenager. Boy, I hope mine never turned out. Oh, God. Oh, it would be so embarrassing. And I thought I was like fucking Lord Byron and shit. <laughs> At the time, I was like, God, I'm a fucking genius, man. But it's just so inane. Um, but I did enjoy watching his process. <laughs> <laughs> this pretty much winds down the film. Michael's saying that talent is always replaceable. And... Um, that's pretty much the end of the film. It flows out uh, a little bit of information on Michael that we found out after we watched the, the movie. His agency went bankrupt. Really? And he's back in Nashville with a new thing that he's calling Juice Crate. So he's here in town where we're recording with Juice Crate. Have you heard of Juice Crate? I, I, could, I could look it up. I won't. <laughs> you could probably go down to play. Maybe he's hanging out at play. Probably. Yeah. 
And he's like, these boys are too old. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying he's a pedo. That's actually wrong. I only work with talent that's not old enough to get into the club that I attend. That's true. He probably walks around, play, and he's like, or in that room I call Europe. You know what I'm talking about? I have no idea what you're You've talking about. I have, I've been to play like three times, and I haven't been in probably over a decade. Uh, for for people who don't know, play is connected with tribe. It's like a gay nightclub, and there's this room, this big dance room. It might be the best if you just like dancing. This is actually a good place to just go. But I call it Europe because it's just this big gym size room where people are just dancing to like techno. I feel like it's the music. I feel like it's the only place to go dancing in Nashville these days for that type. Probably I can't think of any other because everything else in the downtown area is gearing towards. Like live and music pop country and, and stuff like yeah. that, but pl- yeah, you go to play or tribe, they're all connected. Is Graham Central Station still a thing? Yeah, for it tourists. <laughs> <laughs> Angela and I went there once during like the middle afternoon. And that's prime. That's prime time. <laughs> I think we just wanted to play pool because they had a pool table upstairs, yeah. but nothing was going on, and it was it was like a the whole vibe of it was supposed to weed out people like us, right? Who failed. I, I frequented that place quite a bit in my early twenties. Really? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a club hopping. I was me and my friends. We we like to go dancing. So we go to uh, what is it used to be over on Nolensville Road, Outer Limits. Uh-huh. Um, usually, you know, forty percent of the time, some guns got fired. That's just part of the whole thing. <laughs> um, uh, what was it? Music City Mix Factory was another one we used to go to a lot. Yeah, uh, the church. For the after hours, yeah. I mean, we 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 like to dance. I mean, that was that was my thing. I was I was a kid hitting the clubs back in the day. We should go to play one night when Angela and Brian go. We should tag along. We, we should. should have a few drinks. The bartenders are very quick there, and uh, that's always a plus. Just have some have some drinks and uh, dance in Europe. <laughs> so I've, I've looked up Juice Crate. Yeah, uh, it's Juice Crate Media Group. Uh, there's a kid. Uh, on the main page, wearing a Bass Pro baseball cap and a backpack, <laughs> pointing He's, at the camera. Is he in a high school hallway? That's what it looks like. I mean, obviously, Michael's still Dylan and Teenage Boys. Yes. And Calling he's... creators of all kinds. That are Teenage Boys. Realize, <laughs> realize your potential on every platform. Realize your teenage nipple potential. So it seems like he's still doing the same thing. He's just relocated um, back to Nashville. Yeah. Um, this is one of those websites you can look at and it's like, is this all bullshit? He's got, you know? <laughs> he's got rich kid vibe all over him. Too. You think so? I think so. I think he trust funded his way into that. Can't manage it, but doesn't, but doesn't really suffer much consequences for it. You know? I mean, this money had to come from somewhere. I'm judging the dude, but like you, we were just talking about politicians eating pizzas before. Who are the people that are eating the most pizza with knives and forks? Oh, my God. This is their magazine. He's showing me, uh, looks like a teenage boy wearing like a flame sweater. That's some shitty Photoshop shit right there. (laughs) Michael, seriously? Anyway. They have a magazine called Juice. Juice Crate. Which, looking at this cover, could be a child of porn magazine. (laughs) Yeah. I'll get you that for Christmas. (laughs) <laughs> well, Christmas will pass by this episode. 
I'll get you that for your birthday. Thanks, man. A, a Thanks for looking out. The juice. <laughs> I hope they put it in like the black plastic covering, like when you get porn. Yeah, give me a give me a subscription to Juice, and then also sign me up for Squirt. <laughs> the, uh, I want, the gay dating site. I want a subscription to, to Juice and a case of Squirt. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, I can get behind that. Growth. Uh, <laughs> Akil, we don't rate documentaries in a Hertz. Uh, no, we do in a Hertz song rating scale. <laughs> we do. I, I think that's kind it's of our It's the thing. traditional archaic star rating, which I still find disgusting that two, uh, over two years into this. Why are you gross. so anti-star? You've never really explained I, that. You know, some may say it's ridiculous and unexplainable. <laughs> I just think they're showing off. <laughs> and I don't like it. You think that, that's And people draw with those points. Stars don't look like that stupid. <laughs> We ran into Herzogs. You're going to give this one through five Herzogs. They're going to give this one through five Herzogs. Pre-edit, we're running very long. So. Yeah, we are. How do we manage to drag this out as long as we And uh, we always do, man. Uh, <laughs> what do you give this film about teenage boys and their internet jawline by Liza Mandela? Um, I mean, this is a pretty standard cookie-cutter documentary. Um so ultimately for me, it really is all boils down to the actual subject matter of the documentary. There's nothing spectacular about how it was shot or the music or anything like that. Um, this is not a subject that I'm incredibly interested in or invested in in any shape or form. Uh, but it was interesting to, as someone who is 40, approaching 43, um, interesting to see into that world um, yeah. of kids that I just don't have any, no, no clue whatsoever. It left me feeling kind of what I, the way I expected to yeah. feel, which dirty. was a little dirty and <laughs> sad, sad for, for sure. the generation, this current generation. I'm no fortune teller, but you could see the future a little too well Yeah, in this movie. Um, just the thing that this documentary really brought to the fore, which it, this wasn't like a surprise, but it just sort of focused in on how lonely kids are now mm. and their inability to connect with one another as actual people versus on social media and needing that validation um, from total strangers to make them feel better about their lives. So again, this was not news to me. Everyone knows about this. You're kind of hit over the head with it on the news on a weekly basis. I don't know. It was, it was fine. It, it, it didn't feel exploitative. I will give it that. Um, it felt honest. Yeah, yeah. Because there always, there's always that danger for these kinds of documentaries, particularly when you're talking about kids. That's true, yeah. Uh, and particularly when you're talking about young kids who are taking pictures with their shirts off. True crime is probably the genre that fucks that balance up. The yeah, most. yeah. Agreed. Um, so I will give it that. I'll give it some... I don't know much about the director, um, Liza or Lisa. Um, I don't know. We do have access to the internet. We just don't know. Right. Because, again, we're old. <laughs> and we have other things to do. <laughs> um, so, you know, I'll, I'll give it a I'll give it a 2.25. Whoa. That's that's under half score. That's kind of a hard score. Yeah. I mean, again, I just, there was nothing particularly it's unique. Like a C minus D plus. It just, there wasn't anything particularly unique about the documentary, in, in my opinion. Hmm. It didn't. There wasn't really much about it that I found, because you said it was it was made for us. Yes. And so looking at it from that perspective, I felt like 
I should have learned more than I actually did. Okay. Well, I feel like I, I was very, I, I feel like I'm, because I'm a guy that hosts a podcast about watching documentaries that I was probably a, a little more receptive to what was going on here. Like I felt like I did learn a lot as far as like what there was to learn. A lot of things seem very shallow. So maybe there wasn't really that much to learn. <laughs> I mean, you use the term vapid, yes. which is a very, very apt description. Accurate. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 these are descriptions that lead to the thoughts of how this can't maintain and therefore leads to thought. This is almost a this is a pretty depressing movie actually. Mm. And it, you may not be able to tell that on the surface or just watching the trailer. It almost comes off because the kids just regurgitates these nothing good advice things that it seems like it's something about positivity or like going to hit you over the head with positivity. And you got people trying to do that, but the film itself was objective in that. So I was very grateful that this wasn't something that was, that was literally trying to make me uh, feel better about myself and don't doubt the haters yeah. and only be positive. It actually was showing the whole world of this thing. And, and it very slyly i feel like showed the holes in that way of thinking without having people in with a in talking heads coming out and just saying that's what that's what this is which, which i appreciate it which i think a lot of documentaries maybe trying to explain this subject would make that mistake and but uh but liza just showed it and it was very much a this is not a director in in the film you you barely know she exists and and which is important because what can she do in a in a in a story about teenage boys trying to be influencers on the internet? Looking back at it, I actually thought it was pretty good. We'll give it a four. Okay. Wow. You take your four, combine with your two or my four, combine it with your two point two five, and that is a six point two five out of ten Herzog film. I think as far as overall film techniques, you're not wrong. I, I, th I felt like I did get a lot from it and I understood it. I kind of felt like I did understand this kind of thing better, but I understood it in a way that it seems like the people that are directly into it don't. And that's, that's where true. the, that's where the sadness comes from. Yeah. That's where the depression comes from. Jawline. It's actually kind of sad. That should be the tag on the, <laughs> it's actually kind of sad. And then documenteers. <laughs> So, yeah, it's a slightly above average score for Jawline, all in all. And if someone out there has any sort of context as far as the word Jawline in relation to this whole thing that we don't know about, mm -hmm. please feel free to let us know. Yeah. Again, we could look this up, but that's what we have you for. Yeah. We'd rather be told in our email. <laughs> like like a bunch of millennial kids. Just tell us. <laughs> but, yeah, I thought we'd kind of make fun of kids more in this and... But like like I said, we're actually not against them. We understand their anger in a lot of ways. But we and and I know this is basic. Go outside, take a walk in the park, man. Like try not to look at a phone for like two hours. Yeah, absorb some. That sounds like cliche to be told that. I'm not saying put it down forever. If you're a young person, like literally, just try it. Give your brain a break. Yeah, because it is. It can fuck you up. It can fuck you it up chemically. To changing the wiring of your brain. I mean, editing this shit and putting this show together can fuck my brain up. I've been like forcing myself to take a three week editing break and it might put me back a little more than I want, but I do need this mental. Break, oh yeah. So. Yeah. 
Anyways, guys, remember, if you got a dream, you got to chase it. Don't let anyone's opinions affect you. I love you so much. Thank you for watching. Be yourself. Love yourself. 2020. It's 2020 right now. The new year is upon us. It's here. And that was Jawline. Akil, thank you once again. Good to see you, Bobby. Yeah. And uh, let's do this soon. Yeah. All right. And keep on not looking at teenage boys' nipples. you by Folgers Crystals. There's the groceries Bro, here. I'm not feeling it. Okay, then you should have ate before. Like, when do you mean? I woke up at like 11.45. What's your favorite fast food burger? Uh, You ever have a Culver's? No, there's that one sounds in, vaguely familiar. There's one in Hendersonville. I think it's like a Wisconsin chain. But for a drive through burger joint, why are we fucking talking about Yeah, that? yeah, we've totally got off track. But yeah, I, I, do, not even... I do like a hearty steak burger. I will say that. <laughs> I can't do hearties. I don't know why. There's something about it. Um, You're, a thick, saying? You're a thick burger. You're a thick burger. <laughs> yeah. You're my thick burger. I do want to go to St. Laurent. I also would like to go to Gucci and Cartier. I could buy a new Chanel piece. I never get a vacation, so my vacation is going to Rodeo to buy what I need to buy. I like to buy people things to let them know that they mean something to me or whatever. I don't know why, but so like I came here yesterday and bought him that ring and it's just like its own little world of peace and happiness. Guys, so much peace, Tayamo.